The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. A staffer for John McCain's on April 30th, 2013, met with the IRS. And as a way to curtail political activity, whether it was legal or illegal, whether it was improper or proper, of 501c4 groups, let's audit them so much that they go out of business. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. The notes are from IRS employees. Judicial Watch reported on this similar, uh, similarly in 2015. When you say notes, are those handwritten notes or are those emails back and forth? I think it's uh, it's handwritten or audio. audio so this notes, is stuff right. that were actually in play as this whole situation was like flourishing. Yes, during okay. the meeting, this, so this these is, were being transcribed or recorded. Okay, so this is not interviews for like, hey, no. Doc Thompson. This you were, were, these are notes, notes from the meeting. From the meeting. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Cool. All now, right. in the past, judicial, judicial watch because they had some other information via FOIA request. They mm-hmm. said, "Get us this information." Reported similar things, but a bunch of it was specifically redacted. Redacted. Where yes. they just give it to you, black mm-hmm. it out. Now, why would that stuff be redacted? It's covering people's butts. Mm-hmm. It's not national security. It's no. not personal information. So in uh, in the past, McCain said, "Oh, it's all a lie. It's all fake. You know, whatever." So they put this out. So what is they they did another FOIA request for other notes. And the other notes were not redacted, essentially. Okay. okay. And when you put them next to the other stuff, you can see, okay, this stuff is legit. This stuff's, oh, this is the stuff they redacted. And you can kind of see. And it says specifically that this guy, Kerner, suggested that. Okay. Okay. Of course, now John McCain's office says John McCain was out there fighting, you know, for the Tea Party groups and, you know, targeting when the IRS was targeting them. No. Do you remember John McCain mocking the Tea Party, called them trolls and all of this stuff, Mm -hmm. hated them? John McCain may have been outwardly uh, opposed to Lois Lerner and called for her to be fired, but he was playing the ends. He was playing the ends against each other. Mm. He does not like the Tea Parties. Yeah. He didn't like it because John McCain is the political insider. He is the, well, we're all created equal, but a little more equal. Yeah. He is the progressive who is going to run things better than you and I because we're stupid. Yeah. <clears throat> this is who he is. In order to fully understand that, you got to understand the dates, the timing of all of this. John McCain's uh, staffer met with them April 30th of 2013. Okay. Two weeks later. May 10th is when this story went public about the Tea Party targeting. Oh, wow. Now, the targeting of Tea Parties had started three years before. So it's not like John McCain's staffer went up to Lois Lerner and said, you ought to target the Tea Party. She said, great. And it was on. What this shows is John McCain's staff had the same idea that Lois Lerner and the other progressives that were running the IRS at the time He had the same idea to use it to punish people. He was just too stupid to do it three years sooner. Mm. They were late getting to the party. They came up with the idea after the others did. That's all this means. It doesn't look like they were part of the Tea Party targeting because it was much later than that. But he came up with the same idea. So let me give you the time frame on, on how that all played out. January 21st, 2010. So January 20, 2010, the Supreme Court rules 
on the Citizens United versus the FEC, the Federal Elections Commission. Okay. We'll dive into that in a minute. Later that year, a couple months later, March 1st through the 17th, the IRS agents identified the first 10, par- the first 10 Tea Party cases that they're going to target. Interestingly, they started doing that the day after Obama met with the head of the union of the IRS workers. So he meets with the head of the IRS workers union. Mm-hmm. They have a couple different unions. And the next day they begin tar- targeting the Tea Party cases. Now, this is early in 2010. 2010 was the midterm elections. Late in 2008, TARP happens. The Tea Parties start popping up before Obama's even in office. They're pissed at George W. Bush. The overspending, we're taxed enough already. It starts up. Obama gets elected. He starts with health care. He starts with stimulus, overspending even more. Where he, he, uh, his deficit that year was $1.5 trillion. It's going crazy. So the Tea Parties are flourishing all through early 2009. Do you remember the march on D.C., the uh, 9-12 march? Oh, yeah. With uh, Freedom Works. Mm-hmm. I was there. I was in the first, like, couple hundred marchers. That was all late 2009. So all of 2009, they see what's coming. We got to stop this movement. And the plan was stop them so they can't get organized. They were trying to, they were worrying about the midterms and then Obama getting reelected. Well, it's too late. By the time they start this in 2010, the midterms are going for the Republicans. And it did. Big red wave. But then they really ratcheted this up to try to stave off the Tea Parties from hurting Obama's reelection. Mm. That was the plan. So remember, Tea Parties start in late 2008. That's an election year. 2009, they flourish. 2010, the Citizens United case comes down. Still early 2010, they start targeting the Tea Parties. By late 2010, just before the uh, midterm elections, uh, the determinations unit personnel mm-hmm. of the IRS emailed concerns about the additional review process for Tea Party applications to the technical unit. By 2012, January 20, uh, January 2012, the IRS changed the standards for identifying organizations that require additional scrutiny to flagging anyone with, quote, political action type organizations involving, involved in limiting or expanding government, educating on the Constitution and Bill of Rights, uh, or social economic reform. <clears throat> Tea Party. March 2012. Douglas Schumann, the IRS commissioner, testified that the agency did not increase difficulty for political activity groups. They did not. In order to get their tax-exempt status, they didn't do that. He testified that was to the House Ways and Means Committee because a Louisiana congressman say, Hey, I'm hearing rumblings from my district that you guys are targeting Tea Party mm-hmm. groups. We did not increase the difficulty, wow. which was an absolute lie. <clears throat> that was March 22nd, 2012. One year later, just over a year, April 16th, 2013. And there's many things in between here. I'm mm-hmm. giving you the abbreviated version. Just before tax day 2013, the White House Counsel's Office receives line, uh, item line information from the IG about upcoming reports, including that the IRS was targeting people. Wow. That is April 16th. A couple weeks later, April 30th, 
That's when John McCain staffer met with them and said, hey, um, maybe you should go ahead and do this. Maybe you should go ahead and target them. A couple weeks after that, May 10th, Lois Lerner is speechifying on a little panel, I think to some attorneys, nothing to do with tea parties or how they scrutinize this stuff. And somebody stands up in the audience and goes, yes, I've got a question for you. Can you tell me about the Tea Party targeting scandal? The public had not heard anything about this. The only Tea Party groups that knew anything about this were those that were like, how come I'm getting audited and you're asking me these weird questions? I better call somebody. And when they had talked to other Tea Party groups, but they had no idea the scope of the targeting. Hmm. So this person stands up, ho, ho, what's this? And it was found out. They had somebody ask that question. They planted it in wow. order to get it out there so they could control it. That's absolutely true. Wow. That's May 10th, 2013. Four days later, May 14th, the report by the Treasury's Inspector General for Tax Administration revealed early in calendar year 2010, the IRS began using inappropriate criteria to identify organizations applying for tax-exempt status. And they gave specifics about who was being targeted. So, McCain's guy, April uh, 30th, mm-hmm. why don't you do this? Uh, that w- A couple days before that, Obama found out about it even though he likely knew. Lois Lerner on May 10th, ho-ho, what's this? Four days later, the IG report comes out. Remember, the White House got that information weeks before the planted question, meaning Lois Lerner could get this out because when she admitted it, she used this term. It was absolutely incorrect, insensitive, and inappropriate. No one had even known about it. And you're admitting to this as part of a question and apologizing the same day. They thought they could stave this off. Now, remember, in the last year, we found out that the IRS has now settled Mm -hmm. using your tax dollars, your money to pay the tea parties, to pay the lawsuits, to pay pay them off, essentially, after handling them and treating them inappropriately while infringing infringing their rights. That's what happened. Obama and his administration used the power of the government to infringe American citizens' rights for what reason? political purposes to see their party get reelected and then eventually after dragging it out and treating these people so poorly use your tax dollars to pay them off wow and who got punished lois lerner that's right she retired yeah she was forced to retire two weeks or excuse me two months later so she got a higher salary a higher retirement Mm -hmm. if they had forced her to when all of this hit like when the heat was on they kept her employed, kept her employed for like two, three months until she reached that next level so she got a higher retirement. Mm. That's wow. her punishment, getting a, a big, a cushy big retirement, retake. which I remember looking at it. It was huge. I don't remember the exact numbers. I don't want to misquote, mm-hmm. but it's, it was far, her retirement a year is far more money than most people make as an active salary. Wow. And that's what she got. So... <clears throat> Now you know the time frame of all that. Okay. But all of that was in reaction to the Citizens United case, which I don't think most people fully understand what happened. You know, oh, Citizens United said corporations are people. That's what you always hear. Let me give you a brief history of that. Over the years, centuries, 
people have con- been concerned with political donations. Big money going to fund campaigns. In 1907, they passed the Tillman Act, which targeted and limited corporate donations. And there have been a bunch of acts and little laws passed along the way. Another big one was the Taft-Hardy Act in 1947, where people said, hey, you went after corporations, what about unions? You know, they pull, they pull their money too. Shouldn't they be treated the same way? Yep, Taft-Hartley Act. And people said, wait a minute. Unions and uh, corporations, you know what they're doing to get around this? They've set up political action committees or PACs. So they dump their money in there. It's a way around it. The FEC Campaign Act of 1974. So they keep passing these laws to to fill the loopholes or get yes. rid of the loopholes. Yeah. Now, the 1974 FEC Campaign Act that dealt with PACs said that, among other things, you had to put your bias in your name. Okay. You had to be transparent about who you were, what you're supporting. And people always try to manipulate it. They hide who's, who the donors are, all of this stuff. And these little laws keep trying to make it more transparent and limit what people can donate. Whether you agree or not, that's what they do. John McCain has been obsessed with campaign finance reform. Obsessed with it for decades. Decades, I mean, prior to 2002 when McCain-Feingold was passed. Obsessed. So they passed McCain-Feingold or the Bipartisan Campaign Reform Act is what they called it. Okay. It expanded the disclosure of the soft money for PACs. Got to okay. you know, tell us even more who's donating it. It limited even more the hard money. It limited what PACs could advertise and when. One of the big things was it said... PACs, political action committees, could not run commercials within 30 days of an election. Okay. As soon as you got to the 30-day mark, political action committees couldn't run any more commercials. Or 60 days prior to a primary. Okay. So today's primary day in like seven states. So they cannot. They would have had to have run, stop running commercials 60 days ago. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. Okay. Why? Why is that so important? Why limiting when they can advertise it important? Just kind of plant that seed. So Citizens United pops up in 2000, after 2000 election. And as we're rolling down to 2004 and the re-election of George W. Bush, Michael Moore's movie comes out, Fahrenheit 9-11. Yep. And it's, it's going to hurt Bush's campaign. So Citizens United says, hey, isn't that 30 days prior to an election? Didn't they violate that heading down to 2004? That's a good question. And the Supreme Court eventually rules on it and says, no, they did not. Whoa. Because it's a commercial enterprise. It was a movie. Another loophole. Okay, right. Michael Moore won. Mm -hmm. Citizens United challenged and Michael Moore won. Mm -hmm. No. You can do this because it was a commercial enterprise. The thing is... Did Michael Moore really win? Because all Citizens United did was use that same standard that they ruled on and said, well, fine, we are going to start a production company. And they did. And we're going to produce uh, uh, movies, uh-huh. wink, wink, movies. Okay. Because, hey, they're not commercials. They're movies. They're movies, yes. There's your loophole. Huh. So they produced Hillary the movie leading down to the 2008. Oh, yes, so when she did. was battling it out with Obama for the nomination... They said, 
Uh, no, no, it's not a commercial. It's we can run movie. this right up to the primary in all these states because it's a movie. Well, a bunch of people in the Hillary camp got pissed off. They call the FEC and say, what up? And the FEC says, you can't do that, Citizens United. And Citizens United said, SCOTUS ruled we could. And they said, nope. So Citizens United sues. And it goes through the courts. And the appellate court says, nope, we're standing with the FEC. And they said, we're suing again. And it goes all the way up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court says, no, we told you this. It's a movie. We stand with Citizens United. It is a commercial enterprise. And you can see what they would do is they would even run commercials for it. Uh, Hillary, the movie, blah, blah, and blah. Then the commer- got it. But it okay. was really more of a campaign yes. commercial, yes. right? Against. So they sue. They win. And it's on. And what it did is it shot down huge parts of McCain-Feingold. Oh. All that was out. John McCain is incensed about this. Because <laughs> he, he wanted that level of control. Well, there's another failure with McCain-Feingold. And limiting when people can do that. What it did was say, you couldn't advertise. The, the, uh, the um, candidates could advertise. Okay. They could still run some commercials. But you couldn't. The people didn't have a voice. Mm. Because remember, whether you like it or not, corporations are made up of people. Political action committees are made up of people. You're not saying it is a person. It's made up of people. What it did, though, it said media could still run. Mm. Media could still interview Hillary all day long. And it was just an interview then, Chris. It wasn't political in nature at all. Of course it was. It left the power of of freedom of speech and opinion, the First Amendment, in the hands of the media, because they could do what they wanted, and not the people. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.